Okay, for our first message today to be brought to us by Mr. Reg Noland, and this is possibly the longest uh, message title ever, if not one of the closest. It is entitled, Down and Out in the Third Round, God Plays Rope-A-Dope with Egypt's, Egypt's Magicians. Okay, as long-time observers of Passover, we all know the story of the ten plagues, where Yahweh took, uh, the, the pantheon, took on the pantheon of gods of Egypt and systematically defeated each one. Make no mistake about it. God is at war over us uh, with the powers of darkness. He is very, very jealous of our love and doesn't want to share it with anyone. Anyone else but him, anyway. Uh, whether that recipient is a sentient or not. We are not, if we are not careful, though, anything that we mm, devote our time to can become, in practicality, a god to us. Paul was aware of such a possibility when he warns the Ephesians. All right, good. Yeah. There we go. I can see it back here. So when he warns the Ephesians, here's where he warns them. Come on. The war on the spiritual plane. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It is no surprise then that in um, Exodus 12, 12, we see the Lord Jehovah declare his intent. Here's his intent. Come on. There we go. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And, here's the key phrase, against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. So this is a war against the gods of Egypt, not just against the inhabitants of thereof. Back in 2017, I actually gave a much more detailed sermon called Motion in Goshen on how the ten plagues uh, on Egypt were really a spiritual battle in which Jehovah defeats each of the gods in the Egyptian pantheon. In fact, it was so detailed that I couldn't finish it within the time allotted. Uh, so if you want to go back and check that out, you're welcome to do so. Uh, today, I'm going to examine a much, much smaller amount. Today, let's examine this battle as a point of strategy, something like a boxing match, where our Lord lures the magicians of Egypt into an escalating power contest in which the magicians actually contribute to their own demise. It began with a challenge and a taunt. God has Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh and demand for him to let my people go. This is the taunt. The taunt says, and the Lord uh, spoke to Moses saying, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of this land. Now, of course, just as God knew he would, Pharaoh would refuse. But God was ready with the bait. So you got a taunt and a bait that go along with it. So here's the bait. 
Then our uh, Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves. It's too small for me to there. Okay. When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. And so Moses and Aaron went and to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servant, and it became a serpent. Okay. Um, but Pharaoh also called the wise men the sorcerers of the magicians of Egypt. They did in like manner with their enchantments. But for every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did, and he did not heed them, as the Lord said. Now, All right, that's not going to work. Uh, the magicians had taken the bait, and the contest was on. When Aaron threw down his rod, it became not just any old snake, it became a king cobra. Now, the king cobra was the symbol of the Egyptian royalty. Pharaoh's magician thought to himself, oh, we can do that. And they threw down their stabs as well, and um, uh, they also became snake. But after Aaron's rod swallowed up the others, the magicians must have felt a need to redeem themselves before Pharaoh, for Moses and Aaron had just um, mocked the gods of Egypt, the priesthood, the Pharaoh, who considered himself to be a direct descendant of God, and hence a God himself. So they would try to copy each of the plays that Moses uh, would announce. But here's the catch. With each new plague, God would up the ante leading the magicians to self-destruction after only three plagues. Being reactionary, they would always be playing catch-up. This is a classic rope-a-dope. That's what it is. It's a rope-a-dope. And for in, in strategy and in style, it's reminiscent of Muhammad Ali. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. God had scheduled ten rounds, but the magicians would be down and out by technical knockout in the middle of only the third round. Third round. Bring it on. Okay, here's your, in case you're not familiar or have forgotten, here are the ten plagues. I'm not going to go through all of them. As I said, they're down and out in the third round. So I'm going to just go through the first three. So all we're going to do today. But here's a whole list of them all. And you had, I, I had uh, Owen pass out a uh, handout sheet for you that has a listing of all the references there for you. Uh, for the ten plagues, which gods were defeated. Um, what other ones will go? Oh, it's all sorts of things that are on that sheet for you, for your benefit. Okay, a side note, though, before we get started with this. It is not incidental that God made Pharaoh's heart hard. It's not incidental. You see, God was not just trying to make Pharaoh so callous that he would have to endure all the plagues, but in Egyptian mythology, one's admission to paradise after death is dependent upon the condition of his heart. Did you know that? It depended upon the condition of his heart. But the Egyptian god of truth and justice would weigh one's heart compared to a feather. And if the heart were lighter than the feather, then the owner would be admitted to paradise. If not, 
then the soul would be forever condemned. So by hardening Pharaoh's heart, God was making it heavy. And by making it heavy, of course, he would be unqualified to enter uh, paradise. You might say that Pharaoh was trying to be a featherweight, while Jehovah was a heavyweight. Okay. Uh, Now let's go to the first plague. This is nothing but the blood. This is turning the river into blood. I'll read. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their streams, over their rivers, over their ponds, over their, all their pools of water, that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in buckets of wood and in pitchers of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded. So he lifted up the rod and struck the waters uh, that were in the uh, river and in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of uh, his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. Okay. The fish that were in the river died and the river stank. Uh, and the Egypt's could, Egyptians could not drink of the water. So there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Uh, then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantment. And the Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. Now this has always puzzled me. Why they kept on just duplicating the, the, the task that, the, that Moses and Aaron did. Instead of trying to correct things, they just duplicated it and made things worse. That, that's always puzzled me. Um, okay. And, okay. Okay. And Pharaoh turned and went into the house. Neither was his heart moved by this. So all the Egyptians dug all around the river for water to drink because they could not drink the, uh, the water from the river. Seven days passed after the Lord had struck the river. Understand what's going on. The river is blood. They cannot use that. So what they did is they went to the side of the, of the river on the bank and dug holes there so that the water would filter through the sand on the uh, bank on the shore and have somewhat drinkable water in, in the pools there beside. Did you notice what just happened, though? The opening challenge was just a contest of transformation. That's the one with the snakes. Didn't really threaten anyone. But when Aaron struck the water with his rod, that first plague affected all Egyptians because it turned all water to blood and killed all the fish in the river and made the rivers stink so that the uh, Egyptians were without water for seven days, a full week. Again, Pharaoh's magicians, instead of healing the river, and cleansing the water, took the plague as a challenge and thought, oh, we can do that too. So they uh, used their enchantments to further turn the water to blood. So there's more water out there somewhere, and they turned that to blood as well, just intensifying the effect of the plague, letting their pride and their ego blind them to the consequences. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard for a second time. Not only did Jehovah outbox the magicians of Egypt, but by attacking the Nile, he also attacked and, and defeated the gods associated with it, who's, who were powerless to help him. So associated with each of the 
plagues of the gods. This is the gods that we were... Oh, it's going too fast. All right. Never mind. Okay, so this is Hoppy. Hoppy um, is... This one, he's in blue most of the time. He's depicted in blue. Come on. There he is. Sometimes this way. So this, these two are Hoppy. And Hoppy was also called the Apis, uh, uh, an Egyptian bull god, maybe a minotaur for all we know. But, but he was the Egyptian god of the Nile. That was his role. Then we have Isis. And Isis is this young lady over here. Okay. And she is just about everything. The major goddess of Egypt and the Nile. It was also a goddess of magic, marriage, healing, and perfection. She is the wife and sister of Osiris and mother of Horus. They had strange relationships back then. Okay. Uh, the next one is Sobek. This is Sobek. Sobek is the crocodile-headed god, and he was the goddess of protection and preservation. Then we have Anukit. This is Anukit. She's another goddess of the Nile. And then we have Kanam, a ram-headed god who was Ra's aspect during the evening. This is Kanam. Okay. So those were the, let's see, five major gods that were defeated by just turning the Nile River to blood. Impressive, huh? Ding, ding, end of the first round. Okay. Second round is the plague of frogs. Come on. Okay, the plague of frogs. This is um, from Exodus 8, verses 1 through 15. I'll read about four at a time or so here. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. So the river will bring forth uh, frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into your houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs came up. And the frogs came up upon you and upon your people and on all your servants. Okay. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, and cause the frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his a uh, hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frog came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians, again, they never learned. And the magicians did so with their enchantment and brought up frogs in the land of Egypt. More frogs! Frogs everywhere. Unless you like frog legs, you're in deep trouble. Um, brought up frogs in the land of Egypt. Then, okay. All right. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Uh, 
And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honor of saying, When I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people, to destroy the frogs from you and from your houses, that they may remain in the river only. And he said, Tomorrow. What he's saying is, Aaron basically said, Okay, you pick the day. When do you want them gone by? Okay, so he's offering him that challenge. But, if we do it, you have to acknowledge God. Okay? Uh, so accept the honor of saying, when I shall intercede for you. And he said, tomorrow. And he says, let it be according to your word, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from you, from your houses, from your servants, from your people. And they shall remain in the river only. thought I timed this bit. Okay. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh. And Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs that he had brought uh, against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And the frogs died out in the houses, out of the courtyards, out of the field. They gathered them in, together in heaps, and the land stank. But the Lord, uh, but when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, guess what? He hardened his heart and did not heed them, as the Lord had said. Now try to imagine this. Try to imagine this. Frogs everywhere. Not only did they cover the river, the streams, the ponds, and the courtyard, but they also infiltrated the houses, even in the bedroom, in the bed in the living area, in the kitchen, in the ovens, even jumping into the bread-kneading bowl. That's how pervasive they were. Just imagine the stench and all that croaking. Again, notice what the magicians did. Instead of eliminating the frogs, which would have been the rational thing to do, they took it as another challenge and produced even more frogs. Oh, we can do that too. Jehovah had goaded them into producing more frogs, but they had no way of getting rid of them. So Pharaoh called in Moses and Aaron to entreat the Lord to remove the frog, promising to let the people go into the wilderness to worship. And Moses, to illustrate God's power, said, eh, name the day. Pharaoh said, tomorrow. And the next day all the frogs died out in the houses and the courtyard and the fields and retreated back into the river, clearly demonstrating that God's power was superior to that of the magicians. The people gathered them up together into heaps of rotting flesh that stank to high heaven. Of course, Pharaoh reneged on his promise as soon as he got some relief and hardened his heart even more so. Now, why did God use frogs as a second plague? Anyone have an idea? Why did God use frogs as the second plague? As it turns out, one of the Egyptian deities, Hecate, the Egyptian god of fertility, water, resurrection, and renewal, actually had the head of a frog. 
She actually had the head of a frog. So plaguing the land with frogs not only created a problem for the Egyptians, but was also a mockery of Hecate, who was powerless to control her totem animal. Again, God sucker punched Pharaoh's magicians into compounding the plague by duplicating it. Instead of trying to treat it, they duplicated it. Further, in Egyptian lore, this is interesting, frogs were seen as possessing divine, life-giving powers. So killing or harming them in any way was forbidden. Imagine the Egyptians gingerly trying to coax the little fellas uh, out of the house without stepping on them. Ironically, the frogs would have infested the beds and the bedrooms of the Egyptians, the very place where the blessings of Hecate, the goddess of fertility, would have been sought. How long do you think the patience of the Egyptians would have lasted before they wanted to curse the little croakers instead of worshiping them? This is a classic case of Jehovah's sense of humor. I know it tickles me just to think about it. Okay. Ding, ding. In the second round. Third plague. Dust to bugs. Finish this out. So this is a picture here of Hecate. And as you see, she has the frog head. Why the Egyptians had these um, chimera gods, I have no idea. I mean, they mixed animal uh, creatures. And, uh, all right, so this is dust of bugs. So the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your rod, strike the dust of the land, so it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. And all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And now, the magicians so worked their enchantment to bring forth life, but they could not. But they could not. So there were lice on man and beast. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord said. The, uh, the word that the King James Version translates as lice is not limited to lice alone, but extends to all sorts of crawling, biting insects, including lice, gnats, fleas, scarabs, anything that bites and itches. This was the first plague that the magician did not and could not duplicate. Indeed, the magicians were down for the three count, hence they called it the finger of God. No, which finger was never specified. Come on. Okay, so which gods were defeated this time? The main one was Geb, the Egyptian god of the earth. Um, the Egyptian god of the earth. Seth, the god of the desert. Kepri, the god of creation, rebirth, and the movement of the sun. Here, by striking the earth and transforming the dust, the very dust, into biting bugs, Jehovah is effectively turning the Egyptian deities against the people who worship them. And the deities were powerless to stop it. 
Further, in their iconography, Capri is depicted with the head of a scarab. Capri, uh, I don't have it here. This was another creature over here on the side. A, a, a head of a scarab. In other words, it looks like a dung beetle. His head uh, looks like a... Um, for which he is closely associated. For rolling a ball of dung across the desert was an image of the sun rolling across, across the sky. Likewise, Gab is also depicted with the head of a snake. The fact that earlier, Aaron's king cobra rod ate the snake rods of the Egyptian priest magicians was not lost on the worshippers uh, as an attack in the feet of their uh, god of the earth. Ding, ding. Third round. Technical knockout. Uh, down and out. Someone sound the bell, for this is a technical knockout and only the third round. Jehovah's rope-a-dope strategy worked. The magicians are down and out. They're lured into their own destruction by vanity and pride. Of course, Jehovah goes on to win all ten rounds. He doesn't quit with the technical knockout, systematically defeating all the gods of Egypt, but the match is over right here. So, I've given you on this sheet uh, the, uh, in your handout, a list of all the different, all ten plays, what uh, opponents were defeated, what the title of those opponents were. For example, in, in uh, the next one, you see the flies and the swarming insects. This is Kefri, the god of creation, rebirth, and movement of the sun. Each one of them gets defeated as we go through here. You see some of them repeated because they were doing double, double duty. On the back side of this sheet, uh, you see uh, the summary of my messages, the scripture references that I've had if you want to do more exploring on it. So there's uh, all, all the different plagues and where they're located, and you can continue. Down at the bottom of the page, you'll see a list of all the, the ancient Egyptian goddesses and gods that were defeated in the process. So if anyone ever asks you, if anyone ever asks you, which gods and goddesses Jehovah defeated with the uh, ten plagues, then you can give them an answer. What do you say? Come on. Oh, let me go ahead and go through this. This is a picture of the Egyptian pantheon. Hey, there's a picture of all the different gods and where they found. It's basically their family tree. And as you see from this family tree, there are members of the same family intermarrying here to produce other children as well. And here's a list of all the Egyptian gods defeated. So as I was about to say, so if anyone ever asks you which Egyptian gods and goddesses Jehovah defeated them with the ten plagues, then here you can give them the answer. Or if you want to, you can just make it simple. Come on. All of them. 